John Harvey Kellogg was an eccentric philanthropist. Some, if not most, might even consider him way too outlandish. But did you know that he pioneered the way we eat breakfast now? Today, we will discuss Kellogg's upbringing, his religious values and beliefs, and his sadistic views on purity and cleanliness on this episode of Technically a Conversation. Greetings, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one third of your hosts, Elena, and I'm joined as per usual by my co-host and my favorite big brother, Jose. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. I was going to say, I'm honored that you were saying that I'm your favorite big brother, but I'm also your only big brother, so. Uh, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't catch that. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, uh, do you have anything planned for this weekend besides editing? No, pretty much editing is going to take up all of my time. Somehow I'm going to have to make a little bit of time to go get an oil change because I already have that little light that comes on that, I don't know, it's just a little wrench. But that wrench means I need to get an oil change. Oh, I need to get an oil change also. But maybe we can go together. Yeah. Well, I can't go this weekend because I got to work. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You know. This is episode number 100, Elena. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> I am honored. <laughs> I wish I would have planned better. Maybe we could have had cake or something for our 100th episode. Oh, cake is good. Pastel de tres leches. Oh, uh, yo, I was going to say German chocolate or coconut, but I know that you don't like those type of cakes. I do not, unfortunately. You're very racist against coconut. I am. (laughs) You know what? It's not so much the coconut flavor. It's the flakes. I don't like the texture of coconut flakes. And see, the coconut flakes texture is what I like the most. I know. Wakala. No, no, no. No, thank you. So as we're saying, episode 100, that means in four episodes, it'll be our two-year anniversary. So we were planning on doing something a little bit special for our two-year anniversary. And what we were thinking about doing is doing a live show. It's going to be video. So it might be like our first video podcast. I'm not too sure how I'm going to do that yet since we've never done a video podcast, but I have about a month to figure it out. And what we would like to do is we would like to invite some of our super friends to come on the show, hang out with us, ask us some questions. Maybe we can ask them some questions. Uh, Just have fun, have a little party, celebrate our two-year anniversary. Right now, we're thinking tentatively on June 24th. I know that me and you can do it. Not too sure on Isela yet because we were like, oh, fuck, we're already recording our June episode, so we got to start teasing this. So uh, we're just waiting to hear back from Isela to make sure she can do it on June 24th. So if anybody wants to join us, send us a message through any one of our socials, greetingstac at gmail.com. Let us know you're interested. That way we can kind of plan out who we can let in and how we're going to do this. There's a lot of super friends that have been there since day one and have always been reposting our stuff. So... We would be honored if you all would join us. 
we think it'll be a lot of fun. So we hope we can have a, a good amount of y'all come on and join us. For sure. So more details to come. If you're not following us on the socials, Instagram is where we're most active. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at greetingstac. Yeah. So uh, I was listening to your episode the other day, the one about Ines de Castro, Portugal's corpse queen. And you and Isela were talking about our karaoke date. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm super sad to report that you did not perform any of those songs mentioned. I did not, but it's because the place that we were originally going to go do karaoke at, they did not have karaoke that night. So we had to go to some other place. And I mean, the other place was pretty cool, but it was more of a country vibe, one. And two, there were so many people that had signed up to do karaoke. By the time that they got to us, like I had even forgotten what I had signed up for. So that was that was kind of the reason. Very true. And also I couldn't even hear myself. Like I'm sure I was like so out of tune because I couldn't <laughs> hear myself when I was up there on, on stage. Well, I don't I I I think I was up on stage with you, so I don't know, but I'm sure it was fine. But uh sadly I, I also didn't get to hear Isela sing because of the, the change in venue. So yeah. <laughs> but we still had a great time though and and we definitely need to plan something again yes and now we know that it's the day that you work that uh they do the karaoke so maybe maybe when you go back to days we can go out there and uh do karaoke because i really like that place that we went to yeah for sure i i really enjoyed the vibe there so we'll have to make it a thing for sure all right well at this time I would like to take a moment to thank everyone who has tuned in and is helping spread the word. Every time you share or like a post, it helps us, and we couldn't do this without you. Also, I would like to shout out my longtime friend, Berenice, and make her the unofficial super friend of the week. Thank you. She reached out to me regarding the Lilith episode and had this to share. Quote, Lilith is also depicted in astrology as Black Moon Lilith and Lilith an asteroid. End quote. Thank you very much for that tidbit, Berenice. Yes, thank you. With all that business chatter out of the way, why don't we get started, shall we? We shall. All right. Well, today's topic is brought to you by an article that I came across on allthatsinteresting.com. I thought you were going to say this article is brought to you by the letter P. No. <laughs> like on Sesame Street or some shit. Yeah, I, I got this off of uh, Elmo's World. And uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> There's an article by Abby Kadabi. And, uh... <laughs> no, but that would be uh, pretty, pretty awesome, though, right? <laughs> I'll try and make it work next time. <laughs> No, uh, all that's interesting.com, which is which seems to be um, a reference that you and I are are starting to use often. So hopefully we don't uh, cover the same topic one of these days. I know. I feel like if it's not Atlas Obscura, it's um, all that's interesting. It's always one of those two where I find most of these crazy things or Reader's Digest of all weird sources. Right. All right. Well, this and all references will be linked in our show notes for your reference. And after researching it, I figured it was a little clickbaity. But Jose, I will let you 
help me make that determination. Oh, I thought you were going to let me click on the link. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. All right. <laughs> Are you up to the task? I'm always up to the task of making a fool of myself on a national podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> International, actually, since uh, we're heard all over the world now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, before I begin, let me start by asking you something. Jose, do you enjoy eating breakfast? I do. Okay. What about cereal? I do as well. Okay. What is your favorite cereal? Right now, I'm really fucking with the Raisin Bran Crunch. That doesn't <laughs> sound right. <laughs> Raisin Bran Crunch, which is Raisin Bran plus it has granola. Ew, you can't see my face. Well, you can, but the listeners cannot see my face right now. And I'm making like the most disgusted face ever because I freaking hate raisins. I know. You're very racist against raisins as well. And you know what? That's not my fault. I don't know if you remember that one time that our dad made me eat raisin bran and I threw it up. I do remember that, but I think that was more of the dentist that uh, caused you to throw it up. No, it was before the dentist. And then we had to drive in the truck with a trash can. Because we were going to the dentist. No, I don't think it was the dentist. I'm pretty sure that we were still living with our mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we didn't start going to the dentist until after. No, no. We started going to the dentist yeah, back when uh, we still lived in a loving home. Oh, <laughs> it's still a loving home. <laughs> we lived, uh, what, what do they call it? Um, a nuclear a nuclear family. Oh, okay. N nuclear. Just kidding. N nuclear. <laughs> That's what Bush says. <laughs> Now I think you're making stuff up, Tradusir. <laughs> Tradusate. I'm trying to Tradusate this. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and before I forget, Isela just replied. She said June 24th will work. So June 24th, plan for that to be our one-year anniversary show. And hopefully you all can join us. There you have it, kids. All right. So let's go back on topic. Raisin bran. No. Crunch. What is your opinion of Kellogg's? cornflakes like the og you know the one with the green rooster on the box mm, that one is kind of boring but i don't really like cereal where it's just like the wood part i normally like for there to be other things in it <laughs> i would agree it's very boring and that's um we'll get into it but that was kind of its intention yeah it was uh made to well i'm pretty sure you're gonna cover it so i'll be quiet but i know why it's bland yeah so I definitely prefer Frosted Flakes because of all the sugar, but that could be because I'm a sex-crazed lunatic. Yeah, uh, definitely when I eat regular cornflakes, it does take away my libido. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true. But um, It's the other way around. <laughs> no, the cornflakes, it was made to stop people from masturbating. Yeah, well, we'll get... So it takes away their libido. But I was going to say, I don't think I've ever had cornflakes just like that. I've always put either sugar or bananas or something else in it to uh, make it not taste so whack. To to make it better. <laughs> yeah. No offense to people that love uh, the, just the OG cornflakes. The OG, yeah. Well, you know, all the young kids out there that prefer all the sugar in their cereal, you know, they're all sex-crazed children. Or at least that would have been the opinion of John Harvey Oswald. No, I'm just kidding. Kellogg. The third. John Harvey Kellogg, <laughs> the person that we're going to be talking about today. 
So apparently, you know something about this guy, or maybe it's just about cornflakes? No, I actually heard a podcast about it on Stuff You Should Know, and um, they were talking about how I think it was like a psychiatrist or something. And um, well, the only thing I can remember is that he came up with the cornflakes just because he thought it was very bland and it would keep people from masturbating. Yeah, sort of, but um, we'll cover that more in detail. So I said we're going to be talking about John Harvey Kellogg. The third. The third. Actually, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> who <laughs> supposedly said, or who is supposed to be the inventor of the cornflakes, right? I mean, that's kind of what we've already discussed thus far. That's a correct statement. Yes. But there's actually another star to this show that doesn't quite get the recognition he deserves. And I suppose it's because he was not as eccentric like his brother, Dr. Kellogg, who, I mean, he was a, he was a doctor and he was legitimately a doctor. And we also, we'll also get into that. But Dr. Kellogg's idea of purity involved very curious methods, which included ways to hinder masturbation and cleanse a patient's colon. Yeah. Am I getting Gwyneth Paltrow vibes here, anyone? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to buy some uh, muck or what? what's the name of that stupid shit she sells? The, <laughs> the goop, you mean? Oh, oh yeah, the goop. <laughs> the muck. A muck, a muck, a muck. <laughs> no. Although I think the goop uh, is like for the vagina, no? <laughs> no, it's not. It's just the name of her brand, which sells various different things like SPF creams and lotions and other various stuff. But... Gwyneth Paltrow, for me, is kind of like the modern-day Kellogg. She's just not as outlandish. So going back to the whole vagina thing, she had a candle that was named, This Smells Like My Vagina. And then she's gone on record to promote vaginal steaming, which, by the way, is very bad for your pH down there. Basically, you're sitting in a mini throne and having steam blown up your vagine. In the hopes of what? Cleanliness? How about a burnt cooter? And recently, she's been under scrutiny for promoting her diet. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know that if I ate like this, then I would definitely weigh much less than I do now. Want to hear what that consists of? Of course. Let's see if I can get on board with this diet. All right. So she says that she fasts till about noon, but she will enjoy a cup of coffee in the morning. You know, something light that won't spike her blood sugar. And then for lunch, she has a soup or bone broth. And for dinner, she will enjoy a paleo-inspired meal, which typically means a lot of vegetables. She says she's following a non-inflammatory diet to help with prolonged COVID symptoms. But critics claim that it's a nod to disordered eating. What say you, Jose? Well, so far, I think everything checks out from what you were saying, but I think a lot has to do with the quantities too. If she's just eating just enough just to sustain her, she might not be getting all the calories that her body needs. Yeah, there's actually been other actresses or actors, I will say actors, who are following in her footsteps because they're trying to either A, not gain weight or B, lose weight and follow in her steps as far as her diet goes. So. Maybe it is a little bit uh, of a disordered eating. And there is um, some evidence on the whole inflammatory thing. 
I don't know if the way she's going about it is the right way, but they're saying that inflammation does lead to a lot of fucked up shit, like it leads to cancer. But speaking of stuff you should know, I had shared that clip with you that they were talking about people that do shift jobs. Oh, yeah. Where they um, they sleep during the day and work at night, and um, it was causing all sorts of problems with people. And a large part about that and, and the episode itself was actually about inflammation. Very true. Yeah. I just think that a bone broth and soup and a coffee before you have dinner and it's only vegetables, I don't know, seems a little extreme to me. Yeah, she's probably not getting all the vitamins that she needs. Yeah. Well, as much as we would love to discuss Paltrow and her quirkiness. Oh, I enjoy criticizing her whenever I have the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually here to talk about Dr. Kellogg and his pioneering quirkiness. No, but really, um, back to patient colon cleanses and curbing masturbation. Did Dr. Kellogg also have a candle that smelled like his vagina? I didn't even know he had a vagina, but I'm sure if he had one, he would. But we'll actually talk about stuff that he would make people smell a little bit later. At the Battle Creek Sanitarium in the late 1800s and early 1900s, after these brief messages. The definition of weird is suggesting something is supernatural or uncanny, while the definition of distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Mix both of those words together, add a millennial with a mic, and you have Weird Distractions Podcast. Weird Distractions is a weekly true crime, paranormal, conspiracy theory podcast hosted by me, Alex. Each week, I tell you what I need a distraction from before diving into a topic to help me distract myself from, well, whatever is going on. My hope is that you too can get a distraction from tuning in and maybe learn something on the way. From haunted hospitals to cold cases and every bizarre online theory in between, there's a little something for every weirdo out there. If this sounds up your alley, then join me every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform or search Weird Distractions Podcast on any social media account. Need a distraction? I got you. Hey, creepy people. This is PNW Haunts and Homicides. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. For each episode, we do a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on the topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous cases such as the misdeeds of Boeing, as well as lesser known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13 as well as our spooky stories from Pike Place and Raven's Manor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you'd like to listen. Have, Have a, a creepy-ass creepy day! And we're back. How was your break? Good. Did you get your vagine steamed? I did it right before we started recording, actually. I, <laughs> that's part of my regular regimen before we record a podcast. What about your colon cleansed? That's also part of it. Like I get the oil change, the... Uh, you get the vagine steam, the colon cleanse, and then you eat a big bowl of conflis. Yep. Change out the carburetor fluid, everything. <laughs> All right. Well, before the break, we but merely scratched the surface about Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, 
and just a couple of things that he's known for. But let's start in the beginning, shall we? Let's. John Harvey Kellogg was born in 1852 and is one of 11 children. Whatever. I know, including his younger brother, Will Keith Kellogg, plus six additional half-siblings from his father's first marriage. Like, get a TV or something. Well, it was the 1800s, so I don't think TVs were even invented back then. I know, exactly, I know. That's why they had all the kids. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Either that or to help on the farm or whatever. Oh, probably. They were a devoutly religious group who belonged to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. What do you know about this religion? I think that I'll refrain from giving my opinion because, um, you know, I don't want to offend any listeners that are into it, but I always got the vibe that they were kind of cultish. All right. Yeah. Well, I know. Never mind. I also refrain from my uh, <laughs> my own personal commentary. <laughs> but um... but please enlighten us on, <laughs> on this uh, church. All right. So this religious group, in a nutshell, believes that the mind, body, and spirit are one. And in order to effectively nourish that spirit, body, and mind, you basically need to live a pure life. Like, you know, be careful what you put in your body, like food, drink, and drugs. They believe in the Sabbath or Saturday worship instead of Sunday. And the second coming of Christ, which includes the end of the world. All of these sound familiar, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, unlike other Christians, they believe that the second coming already came and went. Except, well, it didn't. And they called it the Great Disappointment, which occurred in the year of our Lord, 1844. You got that right. They were disappointed that they woke up the next morning. This second coming is what was known as Millerism, after the teachings of the great William Miller in 1843 and 1844. Anyway, the Kelloggs were heavily involved in the church, and John Harvey soon started writing for the church magazine, which included topics such as diet and foods to avoid, such as meat, no caffeine, no drinking, no smoking, as well as staying away from premarital sex, postmarital sex, and oh, masturbation. It's all the fun stuff. That's no fun. Exactly, I know. And it was okay to have postmarital sex as long as it was for procreation purposes only, which I guess would explain all of the siblings. You got to keep trying and trying. That's right. Well, believe it or not, Kellogg was extremely devout and followed the word of the Lord. Well, his Lord. While some of this might not seem so extreme and is practiced to this day, what we're about to get into will make you cringe. Kellogg aspired to be a teacher and even taught a district school in Michigan at the age of 16. Dang, now what were you doing at the age of 16? Probably doing all the things that John Kellogg uh, advised against. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know I was not teaching no fucking Sunday school. <laughs> yeah, neither was I. I was teaching how to get out of going to Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> So even though he wanted to be an educator, his family encouraged him to follow in one of his brother's footsteps and seek a medical degree in the hopes of having a group of trained doctors for their Adventist-inspired Western Health Reform Institute in Battle Creek. Interesting tidbit, 
I pass an Adventist family clinic quite often, and I've always wondered about it. So hopefully there's nothing fishy going on over there. And by fishy, I don't mean blowing smoke up one scooter. Anyway, moving along. Dr. Kellogg graduated from the University of Michigan and Bellevue Hospital Medical College in 1875 with a medical degree and followed his family's dream. In 1876, he became the director of the Western Health Reforms Institute and then in 77, renamed it to the Battle Creek Medical Surgical Sanitarium, which kept reminding me of the Metallica song, Sanitarium. Leave me be. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, interesting enough, that song has nothing to do with Kellogg. Anyway, he decided to change the name to Sanitarium as a play on words to Sanatorium, a medical establishment that houses recovering patients from chronic illness and sanitary to portray purity and cleanliness. And you know what they say, cleanliness is close to godliness or something like that, right? Something like that, yeah. So the sanitarium was a retreat, spa, and medical facility for the rich and famous. And at the height of its popularity housed anywhere between 12,000 to 15,000 new patients. Shit. I know. Would you like to know what famous people stayed there? Um, I don't think I... Not really, no? Okay, let's skip over that part then. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> I know. All right, so Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, John D. Rockefeller, Warren Harding, Booker T. Washington, Sojourner Truth. Sojourner? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Sojourn. Sojourn? I think so. Sojourn Truth and even Amelia Earhart. Oh, wow. Well. I know. What about Capulina? Was Capulina there too? Capulina, maybe. I don't know. She was not on my list, though. <laughs> Capulina is a he. <laughs> oh, perdón. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, Dr. Kellogg made sure to meet with each and every patient. You might even see him on the grounds riding his bike in a white suit with a white cockatoo on his shoulder. Looking at him, I was totally getting KFC's founder. Colonel Sander vibes here. He sort of looked like that if you want to get a visual. <laughs> Except that the chicken was alive and was on his shoulder. It was not a chicken, but a cacatu. <laughs> and speaking of cacatu, <laughs> this is where things get a little strange. Dr. Kellogg had a fixation with caca or getting it expelled from your body, rather. He preached that in order to be healthy, you had to take a shit at least four times a day. Oh, wow. I know. And if you didn't, he had something to help with that. Enemas. Oh, I thought it was going to be a great big bowl of Kellogg's cornflakes. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> it's got nothing but fiber. Yeah, that's right. So TMI, I guess I'm lucky enough not to be part of the enema group because I wouldn't want a host stick up my ass. <laughs> All right, well, so Kellogg was so fascinated with poop. Well, now going back to that, I did read an interview one time with Paul Stanley, and he was saying that he poops three times a day. And for some reason, I got it into my head thinking, maybe it's normal to poop three times a day. And I think at that time, I was only pooping once a day in the morning. 
I was like, maybe there's something wrong with me because I'm not pooping three times a day like Paul Stanley. Maybe he's a Seventh-day Adventist. He's trying to strive for that fourth poop. It's possible. I don't know. He didn't mention that in the interview. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, Kellogg was so fascinated with poop that he studied his shit every single day. He claimed that if your shit stank, then you were just a dirty bastard and not eating a healthy and bland diet. He even went as far as showcasing his caca to the patrons <laughs> and shoving it in people's faces to prove that his shit don't stink. That certainly gives that phrase a new meaning, doesn't it? Yep. And if the enemas didn't work, what do you think he did? And it has nothing to do with cornflakes. Oh, I was going to assume he probably did the, what's it called? Like the digital manipulation or something. <laughs> no. You stick the, no. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Oh, I don't know then. He was pumping yogurt up their asses. Oh, that sounds healthy. Yeah. I mean, why would you think of anything else? You know, yogurt has all the probiotics and it cleanses the panza. You know, you're good. Is it Greek yogurt though? Because I hear that Greek yogurt is the good one. I don't even know if Greek yogurt was invented back then, but I'm pretty sure that's the one he would have uh, reached for. <laughs> Are they going to say, I didn't even know if the Greeks were invented back then. <laughs> 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 yeah because the, the, yeah because the greeks were not invented back then <laughs> they weren't invented much later after in the 1900s <laughs> i seriously thought that's what you were gonna say <laughs> no 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 <laughs> all right moving along <laughs> all right he also advocated for regular exercise which was unheard of back then. After all, why would you need to? There really weren't any cars back then or heavy machinery, so people were already walking a lot and working hard. So why overexert the body? I mean, that's what I say nowadays, too. <laughs> which brings me to my next point. <laughs> no, that makes sense, because you're just going to wear yourself out. Yeah, right? Our bodies are a machine. Yeah, well, he was pioneering exercise. That was something that was unheard of back in the day. That also brings me to my next point, which he helped pave the way for, which was... Enemas. Cornflakes enemas. No, now it's breakfast. <laughs> yeah, now it's breakfast. <laughs> if there was no yogurt available, then he would prepare a enema with Kellogg's cornflakes. Yeah, the, the cornflakes still didn't happen, but um, they're about to happen. <laughs> And that way they would scrape the caca from your intestines as they made their way down. <laughs> scrape. <laughs> Make sure to get that corn that you ate seven years ago. Make sure to get that out of there. Yeah, the corn that never digests. Yeah, yeah that's probably why. <laughs> His ideas of living a pure lifestyle were centered on a vegetarian diet. So he and his team, which included his younger brother, Will, were always trying out new recipes. Their goal was to be as boring as possible by creating the most tasteless meals because their ideology was that if the food tasted great, then it would create arousal and or temptations. 
I guess food to them was sexy. Well, if you weren't getting laid, I'm sure <laughs> food was the sexiest thing that they knew. You know, there's a lot of foods that are considered aphrodisiac, so maybe he isn't too far gone. Maybe. I don't know if there's any um, like scientific evidence to suggest that it's real, though, that it really is aphrodisiacs. Yeah, I think it's just people. It's all in their heads, too. <laughs> I think just people trying to justify eating oysters. True. Yeah. Or uh, dark chocolate, because I think dark chocolate is one, too. And bull testicles, I think, is... Guacala, no. <laughs> Make your Gwyneth Paltrow uh, bone broth with the bull <laughs> testicles. <laughs> and sip that in the afternoon. <laughs> Get you ready. <laughs> All right. Well, breakfast consisted of bland oatmeal or porridge that was processed in order to make it easier to digest and full of fiber to promote those BMs, their experimenting created a granola-like substance, which the people seemed to like, but there was already something out in the market that was similar called granula. Think grape nuts here. Yeah, it's also kind of gross. <laughs> well, Kellogg wanted to come up with something different. And at his behest, ordered his younger brother, Will, to experiment further and by mere accident, created cornflakes. So it was not John Harvey Kellogg. It was the brother who created cornflakes. That's so weird. It's like, you know what, grape nuts is it's too stimulating. We need something <laughs> even more bland. That's right. Can you uh, just put wood shavings in there? Wakala. Yeah, it's weird. And, uh, you know, why was it on accident, you might ask, Jose? Excellent question. Because he was masturbating while he was... Um... Maybe. He went to go masturbate, came back, and, you know, <laughs> left the dough overnight. But anyway, the dough was left overnight by accident, and instead of discarding it, he decided to make something of it so it wouldn't be a total loss. So he baked it, and that's how conflays were created. So who was the mastermind? Dr. Kellogg or his brother, Will? Or the accident. <laughs> or the, the masturbation accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why Will is cast in his brother's shadow. I mean, he was the inventor after all. And his brother, Dr. Kellogg, only encouraged him. But he was also the first one to patent it without his brother's name. O sea, Dr. Kellogg patent patented however you say that word patent patent the cereal under his name and left his brother's name out that's a very jerkish thing to do very and that is where will and john parted ways you see will actually wanted to use sugar to enhance the cornflakes flavor but john did not so will Rebelled and patented <laughs> the word that I can't say. Paddington. Paddington's his own version. Paddington too. <laughs> patented. Patent. <laughs> patented his own version. <laughs> Patent. <laughs> of Kellogg's cornflakes with added sugar, even though you can't taste that, and of course became way more popular than John's, although. It was not originally named Kellogg's Cornflakes, but the Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company. And John's was named Renos, deliciously meat-free. 
<laughs> that sounds weird. Like, why bring meat into this? Exactly. <laughs> that was their slogan. Now contains less meat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this divide led to countless lawsuits, which lasted for years. And after Will changed his company's name to Kellogg's, John Harvey was prohibited from using the family name for any business ventures. And here is where you might think is the end of the story, right? That's exactly what I was thinking. Well, no, not so fast. Remember, Dr. Kellogg was a little eccentric. Up until this point, I haven't really mentioned anything to Heinous except that he likes bland food and was shoving his shit in people's faces. And is a bit of a quack. <laughs> and he had a cockatoo. <laughs> the cockatoo rooster on his shoulder. <laughs> but that's actually not the worst thing he did. His sordid past also includes eugenics and burning little girls' privates with carbonic acid, as well as circumcising teenage boys without anesthesia. His thoughts were that if a child was misbehaving or their personality suddenly changed, then they must be masturbating and the only way to stop them would be by scarring them for life. He persuaded parents to tie up their kids at night so that they would not be tempted. But if this failed, then they would succumb to excruciating pain. And for those of you who are not familiar with eugenics, basically it's a belief that races should be kept separate and not interbred or interbreed, encouraging you to breed with the best version of your race, whatever that means. But no worries, if you didn't know what that meant back then, Dr. Kellogg came up with a pedigree formula, like you would categorize dog breeds or something. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Yeah. Well, all that is really fucked up, but I even heard that they didn't start using anesthesia for circumcisions until like the 70s or something, because I, I think there was a, a belief that kids that young didn't suffer pain or something like that. It might not have been the 70s, but it was fairly recent, like like shockingly more recent than you would imagine that they actually started using anesthesia for circumcisions. And I don't even think it's so much that they didn't feel pain because they definitely did. It was that they, would, they weren't going to remember the pain. But keep in mind, these are teenage boys, so they're definitely going to remember. And that was the point he was trying to make. Oh, shit, I didn't realize it was teenage boys. Yeah, he he wanted to make sure that these kids were going to experience the most excruciating pain so that they would never do it again. Oh, yeah, that's that's super fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And so um, going back to the eugenics thing, Dr. Kellogg came up with a pedigree formula, sort of like the way you would categorize dog breeds. And he proposed to the government this plan or whatever. and. If you didn't know who to procreate with, that's okay because the government would tell you. Like they aren't already up in your business, you know? I think they choose what to be in their business. Like we were talking <laughs> last episode, you know, they're trying to take away women's reproductive rights. They're trying to take people's identity rights away, but they do nothing to protect kids from gun violence. Exactly. So they, they pick and choose what stupidity they're going to back. Very true. Yes. And unfortunately, I mean, I don't know. It just seems to be like the worst things that they <laughs> kind of go after. Yeah, they're idiots. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to Kellogg, 
John Kellogg's legacy is complicated. On one hand, he was a total douche. And I mean that literally and figuratively since he liked to do the whole enema thing. (laughs) And on the other hand, he is credited with changing the way we eat breakfast today, even though his younger brother Will should carry that legacy. And going back to how I got here and chose this topic was the clickbaity title, How Cornflakes Were Invented by an Unhinged Eugenicist Who Was Trying to Cure Masturbation. Which was kind of like what you sort of mentioned in the beginning, right? Like he created cornflakes to cure masturbation. But is that what you got from this? I just think he had so many crazy ideas and that was probably the only one that stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not the masturbation part, but, you know, the whole eating cornflakes. Yeah, exactly. It totally changed the way we do breakfast because, you know, just keep in mind back in the day, it was uh, slaughter the pig in the morning and, you know, slave over a hot stove and all that stuff. So this this was um, definitely pioneering, I guess you could say. but. It definitely wasn't why cornflakes was invented, but that's sort of what I got. Like, I thought they were going to throw cornflakes on the kids or the kids had to, like, sleep on cornflakes so that they wouldn't masturbate. (laughs) That was just my idea. I don't know. Yeah. And then we all know how arousing a slaughtered pig in the morning is. Nothing more arousing than that. Exactly. And on that note, we hope you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us about the time you got your vagine steamed. Stop right there. <laughs> we don't want to get any uh, any of those stories about people <laughs> doing self enemas or masturbating or anything. About the time they put yogurt up their ass. No, just kidding. No, bad idea. Yeah, we don't want those. <laughs> but if you are interested in joining us on our live show, definitely let us know. Yeah. He also advocated for regular exercise, which was unheard of back then. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Let me start again. Okay. I can still (laughs) you. I'm sorry. I put myself on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Think of anything but the Greeks. (laughs) They were just invented. (laughs) (laughs) So actually... I don't think the Greeks were invented yet. <laughs> they were not invented just yet. Just give them another hundred years. <laughs> All right.